Hey guys, it's me, P. And me, S. And you're listening to the Girl on Girl podcast. But it's not what you think. But also, it's kind of what you think. Okay, here's the deal. My name is Persis. I'm queer, Indian, femme, and a little over five feet tall. And my name is Sarah. I'm straight, white, cis, and a proud ginger. Every episode, we're going to talk about sexuality from a queer perspective, from a straight perspective, and what it means to find the fluidity between the two. We're going to talk about taboos, labels, dating, awkward moments, pop culture icons. We're also going to talk safe sex, self-discovery, discrimination, and what it means to be a queer minority. Hey, Percy. <laughs> hey, Sarah, Sarah Bear. Sarah, Sarah Bear. You haven't called me that in a while, babe. I know. <laughs> but but I've just been remin- I've been reminiscing. I've been reminiscing, sipping, missing, yeah. Can you tell me what's with all this distant love? If I call, would you pick it up? Is that your uh, from your new EP? Yeah, the one that uh, is going to be showcased on virgin radio and that's right you might be wondering how my latest ep is gonna just get radio play next week essentially Mm -hmm. yeah you might be wondering and if you are wondering the answer all lies in today's guest because let's say it at the same time let's say who our guest is at the same time are we ready okay Three. Three. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't sure if you were going to say one. <laughs> start counting, or if we were going to say your actual name, like no count, which is a little risky. So I I appreciate the count. Okay, okay, okay. Because okay. I thought you were. I was like, is she going to say three, two, one? Or are we going to do one, two, three? Mm, I think we should do three, two, one. It's more exciting. Okay, okay, because it's like a countdown. Yeah. Okay, ready? Yeah. Three, Three, two. two. One. One. Shannon, Shannon Burns. Burns. Uh, we are so excited that we had Shannon Burns on the podcast. We honestly had the greatest conversation. It was flowing. We talked about a lot. We covered Shannon's coming out story, Shannon's relationship with Christianity as she identifies as a Christian lesbian, and a lot more media representation, Shannon's job. She's a radio host for Virgin Radio. Yeah, I was going to think. In case you guys don't know who Shannon Burns is, she is a radio host for Virgin Radio. She just started her brand new show at Virgin Radio 10 to 2, um, Monday to Friday, um, in a whole bunch of cities around the GTA. She talks about it in the conversation. Her job is so cool. Like She interviews celebrities. She was talking about interviewing Ed Sheeran, Demi Lovato, Sam Smith, oh, Louis Capaldi. Capaldi. And the first time that you interacted with her purse was when she was doing interviews for the MMBAs, which is an award show here in Canada um, that happens in downtown Toronto. It's a pretty big deal, but like she has a really cool job and she, I feel like she's kind of made for it. Like just the way she speaks, it's so clear that she's obviously a radio host, but also just a really good interviewer. Like she knows how to talk to people, to listen to people and then to engage in a really fun way. She, yeah, she definitely does. She makes people feel comfortable and she's also very, I find, 
I find the word eloquent is a common theme when we have with our guests, but Shannon is really eloquent. Like she knows what she's talking about. You can tell like the confidence that she has in her sexuality too is very inspiring. And she has shown that through her social media, especially for someone. And we use the word outlaw, which you'll totally get. You'll you'll find out why we did when you get into the episode, but she's kind of been a person for that Christian gay community where people can look up to her and listen, she's been pretty humble about this, but I always shout out that Shannon has built a huge following on TikTok. She has over 500k followers and it really just started as like a pandemic, like fun thing for her to do, which a lot of us did, right? Like we were making TikToks, we were trying all these new recipes, we were focusing on ourselves, but she's built a platform and has, I would call her like a queer icon. Like she really is. Yeah, absolutely. And we've had a lot of listeners asking us to talk about this topic in particular, religion and sexuality, specifically religion and queerness, and how the two mix and how they don't mix and what it's like to be queer and religious at the same time. We talk about this in the episode, but like, person I always really wanted to tackle the topic, but we knew we couldn't do it alone. We knew we had to do it with like, someone an an icon like Shannon like someone Mm -hmm. who really who has lived the experience of course but who also it's more than that it's like she's she is such a strong representative of the queer Christian community as well um Mm -hmm. and I honestly I just personally was so stoked to like talk about this and learn more because it's it really interests me as someone who doesn't identify as religious I've always wondered like what is that bridge and how does it work and I think like honestly it was really really cool to hear her point of view yeah me too and that's the thing too like I also I didn't grow up in a similar Christian community like Shannon did like when she was telling us her story I was thinking it was it was so different right like I I grew up with Christianity through school but the experiences were very different and even how my family was compared to Shannon's right and Yeah, it's just very fascinating. I even learned so much, even growing up with the Bible and learning about what was right, what was wrong. So I think, Mm -hmm. I don't know, her story is very fascinating and we're so excited for all of you to hear it and to hear her side and also how being religious can also enhance the queer experience. Yeah, yeah. This convo was just like super cool and we're going to jump into it, but Before we do, and we talk about this on the episode, but I wanted to give one shout out um, before we dive in to her podcast. Shannon hosts a podcast with one of her best friends. It's called Screen Queens, and it's a film podcast where they talk about films, and um, they do like movie reviews, movie trivia, and it's like just such a fun podcast. They're so, they have so much like chemistry, the two of them. So highly recommend. Take a listen to Screen Queens. Over 40 episodes or something now. I love that. I know. I'm like, oh, shit, we got to catch up. Yeah, we do. Let's just 20 episodes right out the bat, Sarah. We can do it. Should we start doing solo pods where, like, just I go on and just you go on? So then it's just girl. Just girl? <laughs> no, no editing. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah, how do you feel? Do you want the interactions between two lovers who have gone through a lot of um, ups and downs and... I think that the people don't want it anymore. Like it's getting old. We got to keep things fresh up in here. Are you guys tired of our romance? Be honest. 
You know what I think people might be getting tired of is like the insinuated romance. But it's not insinuated. Yeah, but they don't know that. <laughs> and I, I thought we were roommates. You know that thing in Kiss Me More when it's like, na 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 You know that ding. I just did that if anyone wants to know. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing, but I think it's like a TikTok. So if you're gay, oh, oh. you go at that point when it goes ding. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, cool. I wish I really knew the lyrics because I didn't do it justice, but okay. basically that's, that's what I started to think. I get confused. I'm like, yeah, Sarah was my friend, but then I think but she mm. wasn't a friend. Okay, guys, so Sarah and I really do have a tendency. We're very narcissistic people, so we tend to just talk about ourselves and our love life, but there's, mm. that is no time to do that when we had a lovely guest on. So yeah. without Honestly, further ado, rude. super rude. Like, we're very rude. Yeah, yeah. and I'm going to admit it. So I'll stop. Yeah, me too. I'll stop too. So without further ado, ladies and gents and everyone in between, please enjoy the episode with the lovely Shannon Burns. Turn it up, turn it up. Turn it up, turn it up. Hi. Hello. Hi. How's it going, guys? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. We're good. We're just oh. cheersing. Oh, nice. Wednesday. Perfect timing. Cheers. Yeah. Yes, cheers yes, to yes, Wednesday. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's Wednesday. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, Thank thanks you so for joining. much for joining us. We're so Absolutely. excited for this combo. Yeah, me too. I was just looking over the overview and I was like, ooh, we're, we are getting into it. We're going deep, girl. We're getting juicy. Yeah, love it. I, anything gay, I'm down to talk about, you know? It's always a good topic. <laughs> it's nice to meet you. I've heard so much about you, Shannon. Yeah, nice to meet you too. I like the podcast. tells me so. how awful you are yeah. and how Terrible much human. we never get along. And she just wishes that. you would like stop messaging her so much. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know. Uh, and that's why I, I know was those like, people. Yeah. I've just been bombarding her and I'm like, so what, when am I on? What episode is my yeah. episode? Yeah. And we were so. like, Jesus, we got to get this girl on. Cause like she will yeah, not stop asking. <laughs> I know like our busy schedules. I was like, finally, okay. We can slot her in into this one moment in time. Yeah. Sorry. I wasn't available last time. I think when we were That's trying okay. to figure it out last time, but we got there. We're here. I'm Girl, pretty sure, we... I think I texted you and I was like, this is very last minute, but. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, it was oh, the yeah, day I had of. A, I had my podcast that at uh, that time. So I was like, oh, I can't. But, oh, we got, you know what? Should we just give a shout out to your podcast right off the top? Let's yeah. do it. It's called Screen Queens. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's like a screen that you watch. But it's a, I do a podcast with my friend Paulina and we talk about um, movies and TV. And yeah, we like to see ourselves as like millennial older sisters who like teach the youth <laughs> the important movies that they may have missed. The youth, the Gen Z. Yeah, exactly. That's so dope. I love movies, so I can't wait to listen. I was going to say, you know your movies too. Like, yeah. you know so much. Both of you, you're both like movie buffs. I need to catch up. I try. I always call myself a movie buff. And then I was like, I just, it's nice to have a podcast now because now I can like back it up with something rather than just like say like, I like movies. I'm like, I have a movie podcast. So. Exactly. Oh my God. So true. I'll always say I'm a movie buff. And then someone's like, oh, have you seen this like very important movie, like classic? And I'm like, right. absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will like sit through the worry movies just to say that I've watched them so that it like gives me more cred. So how did you two meet? Good question. First, you want to take this way? I'll take this one. I DM'd Shannon, like, randomly. <laughs> yeah, I'm we shocked. were we talked about it not long ago. How long ago was it that we, like, first followed each other on Instagram? Years it, ago, right? It was a few years ago because 
I remember I just saw a YouTube video that you had posted. It like came up on my recommended and you were interviewing people at the MMBAs. Oh, no way. That's so funny. And I think I just saw the thumbnail and it was like, I interviewed a bunch of celebrities or, or something. And mm. I was like, oh, at the MMBAs. Cause I had um, did, uh, worked as like a wrangler that same summer. Right. So it might've been 2018 or 17. Yeah. It was what? 18. Cause I moved to Toronto in 2018 and it was like, as soon, it was like a couple months after I started. So yes. So it was 2018 and I watched your video and then I watched a few others. I kind of like went down a little <laughs> rabbit hole. I was like, <laughs> This girl seems so cool. And then I just DM'd you. Right. And then I was also figuring out my sexuality around then. I think I, I, de I definitely identified as bi at the time. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, you just seem cool. Like, would love to be friends with you. And we just would DM. And I think we only actually met up for a drink. Like, it would have been a year after that or something. Right. Yeah. It was a little bit later. And then we went out for drinks and had a bottle of wine. And um, <laughs> been there. Yeah, talked a bunch, and then we're like, hey, you're friends. And yeah. now, yeah, just friends ever since. So it's been Exactly. Great. The rest mm -hmm. is history. Yeah. Such a meet you on Instagram. We've been talking a lot lately about how queer people meet on Instagram, friendships, relationships, whatever. Like, it's just such a great place to, like, just reach out, slide into the DMs, and then actually form, like, a real connection. Yeah, especially in the queer community, I think, because you don't always, especially a lot of people grow up in, like, smaller areas and stuff like that. So it's really a good place to, like, build a community online. And I think we've seen so many queer people do that. My girlfriend lives in Chicago, so we met online through mutual friends. So we had this, like, whole connection that way. So that was great. No way. So, like, sorry, I want to dig into this a little bit. Yeah. So you met through friends, but it was online. So was it, like, yeah. you kind of followed each other on Instagram or something like that? We followed each other on Tumblr. So that just, like, dates oh back to how old we are um and then instagram was just kind of starting at that time so then it was also instagram so we follow each other but we didn't really know each other that well but we both ended up going to new york city pride and we had a few friends that were like oh my friend morgan's going or my friend shannon's going and we were like oh we kind of know each other so then we met up on like a street corner and like said hi for 10 minutes and I then went that. our separate ways yeah but like what? didn't think anything of it and then we were then we started talking more and then we actually ran into each other at a music festival like a year later in tennessee Whoa. So we're like, this is meant to be. I started like traveling with a group of like queer friends in the States and stuff. And then she came along on the trips and then we just like hit it off and we're best friends for like six years. And then we just started dating like a year and a bit ago, like in the pandemic. So. Oh, so you went from like best friends to dating. Mm, yeah, totally. I love oh, that so that's much. That's my new favorite story. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So it was like a long time coming. And by the time that we told all our friends that we were dating, we were like, everybody was like about time like we have been waiting yeah, yeah so <laughs> they probably were all just like okay we've been waiting yeah it's, it's like, like when are you gonna get together yeah everybody all the time so we were like always flirting with each other on trips and stuff so oh yeah, yeah for sure oh that's so cute mm -hmm. so speaking of mmbas can you tell us a little bit about what you do who you are tell the listeners what shannon's all about the whole spiel. Yes. So, hi, I'm Shannon. Um, <laughs> my pronouns are she, her. I work as a radio host, or sometimes I call myself like an entertainment contributor because I feel like radio host doesn't always like highlight everything that I do. So I am a radio host. So I host um, a show from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Virgin Radio, and it airs on five Virgin Radios. This It actually just started this show like three days ago. So this is the first time I'm introducing it like that. Congrats. And then, That's so thank dope. Thank you so much. And then um, I also, um, yeah, I interview a lot of celebrities through my job because I work for iHeartRadio Canada. So I get to do a lot of like artist interviews and I go on TV and talk about movies and entertainment and all that fun stuff. And I make a lot of TikTok videos too. <laughs> Shannon interviewed Demi Lovato. 
I have interviewed Demi Lovato. I'm mad. No, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. (laughs) I'm a little mad. I'm a little, I'm a little jealous. It it was a phone interview. That makes you feel any better. We didn't actually meet, so. Still. I also saw that you just interviewed Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a really good one. And that was my second time interviewing him. So, and he's the sweetest out of everyone I've interviewed. He is the nicest, sweetest person that I've ever met. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, by far. He's like very charming and very just like pays attention to you can just like tell that he's as successful as he is because of just his like mannerisms and the way that he responds to things and stuff it's like very cool to witness yeah who's like like the best Mm. person you've ever interviewed like what's the best interview you've ever had is it end oh that's a good question because it's different it's like people that I meet that are really cool or like the the best interview that I think that I've done is like definitely different um the singer Louis Capaldi is hilarious he's He's like an amazing singer like sings like Adele and then is like a stand-up comedian it's crazy so (laughs) I think the most fun I've ever had with an interview was Louis Capaldi because we just like hit it off from the start so we were just like laughing the whole time and like there was just like definitely like friend chemistry and I think people saw that in the interview and then it like kind of blew up so that was really fun um Ed Sheeran is definitely a good one Uh, I got to interview Miley Cyrus who's like was like top of my list of people I wanted to interview so that was really yeah she was great um and then I get nervous oh all the time I was like fangirling in the beginning of my interview with Miley and I like saw myself on the zoom screen and I was like all right Shan pull it together (laughs) like I was not being professional at all I was like oh I've loved you Santana Montana and um it's been so long and I wanted to be and then I was like anyways so your new song um yeah I don't know how you do it I do not know I'd be panicking but I feel like you have to let a little bit of that out there too because people who are watching are like fans of them and they would probably act the same way so I feel like they won't blame you you know yeah, they That's probably true. love it. You're just being genuine, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's yeah, I'm not like faking it or like being too professional to the point where it looks like I don't care, you know? Yes. Like I want it to show that I'm actually a fan of this person and that yeah. I like have done my research and I know their stuff enough to like have a conversation with them. Yeah. That's a good point. I've seen interviews before where you can tell the person is really really trying to act like they don't care mm-hmm. and they're not even doing it it's not like they're trying that to do that purposefully. It's just like they're not trying to fangirl. Yeah. And it always comes off a little bit like vanilla. Right. Or they're trying to act like they're like kind of on the same level as them. But I always am very much aware that they're like up here and I'm down here and I'm just going to like <laughs> act like that because that's what it is. Like I interviewed Richard Branson, the billionaire, the other day and uh, <laughs> after his trip to space and I was like getting ready for the interview and I like was putting my hair over the hole in my sweater that I got from Valuable. And I was like, this is, we are just two different people having this conversation right now. This is crazy. Oh my God. Billionaire. Did he give you any money? No, but he owns Virgin Radio. So I was like, if I screw this interview up, like my career could be over. Like this, there's a lot riding on this right now. Oh my God. The pressure. You got so much pressure in your job. I know, but I wanted to be at the end too. be like, so race, like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) honestly, I would. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's a billionaire. Giving yeah. you like a double raise would be just like, like pocket change. Thumb change. Yeah. It would be oh. nothing. Wow. Yeah. He was like on the Virgin Islands. I was like, wow, you're just on your island that you own. Like, okay, see ya. I'm going to go back to work now. Oh my God. That, could be, that could be you, Shannon. You never know. <laughs> I'm like, so got room on that island? <laughs> yeah, got room. Maybe he'll invite you for a little vacay. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And yeah, you know we'll who see. to bring. Just yeah. putting it out there. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, that was implied, right? Yeah, right? of course. Yeah. You guys are coming with me wherever I go, wherever oh! I get invited to. I love it. Next time oh, I hit it off with Demi Lovato and they invite me to a party, Persis is, yeah, for sure. I'm holding you to that. Her about that. 
I have this on, we're recording this. So yeah. of course. Or I'll, we'll just all go on Demi's podcast because they have a podcast now. So 4D. That. Yeah. I was on a, I was binging it today when I should have been doing work. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> I was like watching the videos. Oh, same. I was actually, I watched the one with Emily, what's her face today? Did you see that? Where Hampshire? They were saying that they like slid into her DMs. Yes. I, I actually texted Sarah that and I was like, oh my God, now they're flirting. I'm yeah. Jealous. I know. But then Emily like shut them down. I was like, damn, that's bold. I <laughs> thought of you though, Shannon, because she, or they, sorry, um, compared Emily and them to Holland Taylor and Sarah Paulson. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that too. I was like, that is a good comparison. I feel like if I was going for a woman older than me, I'd be like, if Sarah and Holland can do it, we can do it. Mm-hmm. I love Wait, it. Is like, Emily that much older? Yeah. I think she's like 40. Emily is? Yeah. And Holy then shit, I did not Demi's know 28, right? 29. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, I 29. thought Emily was like in her 20s, I swear. Yeah, I know. I thought, I thought so too. Looks so young. Quick question about Virgin Radio just before we breeze past it. So mm. like if I turn on Virgin, when can I hear you? Yeah, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. So my show airs in Toronto, Halifax, Windsor, London, and Kitchener um, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Monday to Friday. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, cool. I'm going to listen. <laughs> Perfect. That's so awesome. Okay. We want to kind of talk a little bit about your coming out experience and just like you discovering you were queer. So I guess just like starting from the top, whatever you wanted to share about your coming out experience, what was it like for you? Yeah. So I figured out that I was gay around like 16 or 17. I feel like it would have started sooner if I hadn't grown up in like the community that I grew up in because I grew up in a pretty Christian community. So there wasn't a lot of exposure to gay people. And it wasn't very accepted in our community or accepted at all. So that that wasn't really anything that I was super exposed to. So I feel like if I had been or if I knew anybody, then I would have put the pieces together sooner. And Mm -hmm. you probably feel similar, I would assume, as like a lot of queer people where you look back after you have come out and you're reflecting and you're like, oh, there's so many moments in my life that like that should have been a sign that I was gay. But I was just so naive that I didn't realize that it was. So that's definitely how I feel. Yeah. Constantly where I look back and I'm like, oh, I wasn't just like obsessed with my sister's friend. I like, and like (laughs) looked at their Facebook profile pictures every day because I wanted to look like them. Like I wanted to date them. So it was like, there's a lot of moments like that. I'm speaking my language. (laughs) I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but Persis, can you really quickly tell the story of the photo you kept under your pillow? Oh my goodness, please. (laughs) I'm literally sweating thinking about it because it's so... It was so obvious. Okay. So when I was growing up completely Shannon, like relate to you, like this would have been a key moment. And I was six years old, but my dad had a band and in his band, uh, they would cover a lot of Bollywood, like popular Bollywood music that was Mm -hmm. in movies. And every Sunday the band would come over for music practice and they would play in the basement. And I remember just being so infatuated Okay, I, I think I should give her, I'm going to give her a code name because I'm not Absolutely. ready yeah, for this. Just in case. <laughs> Just in case it circulates. Okay. Um, <laughs> so every Sunday the band would come over and I was just infatuated with one of the singers in the band and we're going to call her Phyllis. Phyllis. Yes. Phyllis. Sexy name Phyllis. That's hot. Phyllis. <laughs> That's hot. <laughs> Sweating thinking Ooh, about it. Baby. I was just so infatuated with her every time like she and we kind of had like a bit of a close relationship in a way almost like a sister but I didn't like treat her the same way as like I would my actual sister I just always wanted to be around her I always loved when she would like hug me or like pick me up or I just 
always constantly wanted to be around her. And it got to the point where I was like obsessed with her <laughs> anywhere she was. <laughs> it's like, Sarah, don't look at me like that, okay? <laughs> I'm not even looking at you. <laughs> but it, I literally would, we had like a family photo album and there was a photo of Phyllis in it, just like at our house one day. And I took the photo out and would sleep with it under my pillow. Amazing. Did anyone like, ever catch you? I don't. Okay, that's what I'm really trying to remember because, first of all, they would notice out of all these photos, there's one missing. Right. And yeah, like I fully <laughs> took it. And I wonder, because my mom at that time would like make my bed or check. Right. I don't know. I was like six, seven. I don't know. Or, or maybe hilarious. I would like hide it somewhere, but there was even another time and this was fast forward like four years. So I would have been 10 and my dad was recording a song with Phyllis in Mississauga. <laughs> and <laughs> I just love that you, out of all the names you chose Phyllis, like it reminds me of like Phyllis from the office. That's like how oh I keep God. it there. Yeah. That's what I, I was thinking. I'm going to cry. But yeah, there was that time he was recording a song with Phyllis and I like begged him for me to like go to the song recording like session. I really want to go. I'm like really interested in like music. <laughs> <laughs> music. I really need to go. And so he drove me and he was like so happy because he, he thought, wow, you're really interested in like seeing how everything works behind the scenes. Cause my sister just didn't care. And she didn't really right. care about the type of music too. And I was, he brought it up like not long ago, how he said, Oh, purse, when you were young, like I love how into the Indian music, like, <laughs> you're like, was, yep. Yeah, was I like, was into it. Marsh, my sister just couldn't have cared less. And I was like, yeah. And then I'm pretty sure I told my mom this, that I had a crush on Phyllis. And then later she was like, I could totally tell. Oh, funny. But yeah, anyway. you can't hide anything at that age, too. No, true. Yeah, you really can't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, now she'll know I slept with the picture of her under my pillow. <laughs> I feel like I'd be flattered. That's, yeah, that's be. nice. Yeah, totally. Like a little uh, creep though. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Okay, we totally interrupted you. Go on. Oh, that's fine. But yeah, so I, um, yeah, I was just like very into girls. I was very like confused about it for a while. I would like remember having girls like in my head and I would go through the thing where I'd be like, okay, do I want to be with them or do I want to be them or do I want to look like them? Like what is going on in my head? And then it wasn't until I start got like a computer and started like talking to people online and like making friends online. Like Tumblr was a big part of that because there was this whole gay community on there that I just happened to stumble upon. And um, that's where I really started to talk to people. And I was like, oh, this is, they're feeling exactly how I'm feeling. So then that really helped me um, put the pieces together, especially because I, I was in this community that there was no gay people or if they were, they were all just super closeted and things like that. So there was definitely no way for me to meet people in my everyday life. So that was really a nice escape for me. And it really like helped me mentally just like figure everything out and then like talk to girls. And then I would like, once I got a car, I'd go like meet up with them and go on dates and all of that stuff. So that really helped me um, figure it out. Yeah. Tumblr was great for that. I wish I like jumped on the Tumblr bandwagon earlier. I Yeah, people like, even say that now. They're like, oh, why wasn't I on Tumblr? Because there's some of my the closest friends that I have are from that era. And it's like, it's so weird because it did, it developed this entire community of people that are all over like the US and Canada and different places in the world that like we all still are connected and like know each other and are friends of friends. So it's, yeah, you still end up meeting people and you have mutual friends, but you're like live all over. It's so weird. Yeah. I was just going to say, oh yeah, oh, how old what I was? age were you when you started like going, yeah, yeah, and like going on dates with girls being like, hey, like I'm doing the thing. 
I had my first girlfriend when I was 18. So I really figured it out pretty quick. And then I was okay. like, all right, let's do this. I was just like, I actually really just yeah. wanted like experience with a girl because I didn't want to be that person that like didn't know what I was doing. So then right away I was like, okay, here we go. Like let's oh, dive in because, um, but even at that point too, because I was so Christian and like so religious, I was like abstinent. Like I wasn't going to have sex until marriage. Like I had, I didn't have a lot of experience with guys, but I, I also knew that I couldn't exactly like save myself for marriage with women because like no girl would date me if I was like, no, that's for Jesus. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so then I yes. ended up, that's really where everything like started. And I, yeah, just like what started going on dates with girls and yeah. And I thought too, I was like, well, if I'm going to sin, I might as well like go all out. Ooh, I like you that know? mentality. <laughs> like oh, if I'm already really going like to hell, that. then like might as well. Yeah. I'll see you there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. We're going to dive like a lot deeper into religion. That's like the main topic that we're chatting with you about today. And we're so stoked because person I have been wanting to talk about this for pretty much since we started the podcast, but we were like, we don't want to tackle this topic of religion and queerness, like the two of us. We want to yeah. talk to someone who like is an expert who's experienced it. So mm -hmm. like, I love that it's already a part of your coming out experience and just like your experience growing up. I guess my question would be, what advice do you have for anyone out there who, religious or not, is thinking about coming out? Right. I think that um, it's important to know that you can only hide yourself for so long or and by hiding yourself too or hiding such a crucial part of yourself you're only holding yourself back as easy as it might seem or as safe as you might feel in that moment um holding it all in comes with a lot of guilt and a lot of shame and then that will just seep into so many different aspects of your life so it it comes to a point where you kind of have to but obviously everybody's situation is different and sometimes it's not always safe to do that and things like that but mm -hmm. um but yeah it's it's just important to really just try your as much as you can to be your authentic self and um you're going to thank yourself for that better and like as cheesy as it sounds and everybody says it, it like it gets better and it will get better as hard as it might seem in that moment like there were times where i was like oh darn like i'm gay and then i was like okay this is something that i'm just gonna like have to hold in and suck up and never talk about and just marry a man and keep quiet about it but then the older i got and like as months passed i was like okay this obviously isn't something that's gonna go away and i think it would be unfair to marry a man because i'd be lying to him then so it's still like another lie and mm. then yeah so it just every path that i was taking led to me just being myself and having to face that which was really hard too because i'm such a people per like pleaser and i like following the rules and i don't like upsetting people and i like don't have any tattoos because that was always like not a good thing. And I always dress appropriately and very modestly. So for me to then go to people and know that by me being myself, I was upsetting so many other people around me. That was just such a hard thing to deal with. And still is like anytime I'm really posting things or at, being at pride, I know I'm upsetting people who are like seeing those photos on Instagram who are very close to me in my life. So there's always like that, um, that like burden that you kind of feel, but you have to realize that like nothing is as big of a burden as like, being in the closet and hiding mm -hmm. that and not being your authentic self. Yeah, That's because so well said. it's just all a lie, right? Kind of like yeah. you said, you could have gone the other direction and been like, this is just a part of me. I'm going to totally shut out. And I don't know. I think like years later, even if you did do that, that would come out regardless. Totally. Yeah. And then, and I would just hold myself back. So mm -hmm. I was like, I'm just, I, I realized I had to be, do that in order to like live my life to the fullest. And it has yeah. like proven to 
just be the best thing that could have happened. So I think anybody out there who like feels in the closet, they can, it's nice for them now. Cause I don't think we necessarily even had that 10 years ago. There's no. so many people in media that you can see how successful they are and how all the things that they accomplish and they're gay. So it's not something that is as like bad or something that you just don't see as often. So it's nice. We didn't have much representation at all. No, I know somebody asked yeah. me the other day, they were like, who, did you like look up to you or like name a few people in media? And I was like, like there was like Ellen and then that's kind of it, right? And then it started to be like YouTubers and like internet personalities and stuff like that. But oh, before yeah. that, there was really not a ton. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Representation matters, y'all. Yeah, because yeah. you see it and then you, it really hits you. I felt totally. that way back in 2017. I just stumbled upon Shannon Beveridge and Cami mm -hmm. Scott when they were dating at the time and they were both them presenting. And I, it resonated with me because I was like, oh, so this, this could be me too. I just, it's interesting how when you don't see it, you don't think that could be your reality. Totally. Yeah. And they were two people too on Tumblr that I like connected with and they were like in that whole circle too. And I saw them on YouTube too. And I was like, oh, I definitely relate to these people. Or I just like, you idolize their situation because they're out and they're happy and they're posting about their relationship online, which was something I never thought I would ever be able to do. Yeah. So they're definitely a good example for mm -hmm. that. They're really sweet. And then I like went on a camping trip with them like two years after I started following them online and I like fangirled so hard. So I was like, oh my gosh, <gasps> Wait, you guys are so you cool. You did? What? Yeah. yeah. Well, I was like friends with a couple other friends and we like all went to a music festival and I was like, wow, all these like internet lesbian queer people that I love, I got to hang out with. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. This is like so cool to be like a part of it. That's yeah. so fun. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> I feel like great. so many things you've said so far, my mouth has just been like, <laughs> Well, that's like the internet. That's what I mean about like the community. It's like everybody yeah. kind of just knows everyone and then you end up meeting all these people and like, yeah. Yeah. And what you were saying about how like you're such a people pleaser and that you having to, to come out was such a process of like disappointing people around you. I feel mm -hmm. like that's where the internet comes in. Like that's where you find community and you were on Tumblr and you were like interacting with YouTube already. I feel like that was probably a really great saving grace for you to be like, I've got people who have my back. Like, totally. My and people just, are here. Yeah. And people I could be myself around, which yeah. is, I didn't realize was so important until I started hanging out with people and I would go on a, a trip and there'd be all these lesbians. And I was like, wow, you guys are just like me. And I don't, it's not like going home at that time where I'd have to like think about it on the car over and be like, okay, so I can talk about this, but I can't talk about this. Or I'm like, just going to shut this part of my side of my life off or like, can't talk about my girlfriend and things like that. So you really have to like, um, car, what is it? like compartmentalized. compartmentalized yes thank yeah. you yeah like every part of my life so it's very exhausting too to like have to be put in that situation so I felt that way for a really long time and sometimes still do like my family isn't totally on board with everything still to this day so um they've definitely come a long way but there's still things where I'm like oh I feel like I can't talk about that or I can't be as open about that or I can talk about that but I'm not going to get the same reaction that um my other sibling would with talking about their partner and things so it's still mm -hmm. like a still a thing yeah it's a work in progress. Yeah, definitely. And then what took you from like being a consumer kind of of social platforms to like posting so openly about your queerness on social platforms? Because you're really open about your sexuality on YouTube, on TikTok, like you said. Yeah, that's a really good question. So I got into radio and with that, your, your whole job is to be a personality and to like sell yourself online. And social media is such a huge part of like 
the radio world because I'd host a show, but you can only hear me. So then you kind of have to fill in those other elements and make, make that connection with people online. So they're like, Oh, that's what she looks like. And then next time they hear me on the radio, they know what I look like. And it adds that element of connection. So, um, I was really getting into social media and posting a lot more on that, but also with radio is sharing so much about yourself. So for a while, when I was a host, I was like sharing stories about myself, but using gender neutral terms. And I wasn't really being my full authentic self. And that was for a couple of years. And then I finally reached a point too, with like my coming out where like time after time, I'd be like reaching different levels of like wanting to be more open and feeling comfortable enough to talk openly. So then I finally came out on air and I like the morning show, let me like come on and like do a big coming out thing. And I was like, I just want to like be open about this. And then, and it was in Edmonton, which is a pretty conservative city. So I was a little bit nervous about that, but um, yeah, I got like all the most positive response from it. And that was really great. And then it wasn't until like even two years ago that I first posted about being gay online. Oh, no way. Yeah. Like I'd always kind of hinted towards it, but I'd like go to pride and would like never take any photos. I'd like dodge out of Mm. photos of people. I just like, I didn't feel comfortable enough doing it because I didn't, it was the same thing where I was like, I don't want to disappoint my family. And I'd gotten a lot of negative reactions from people from my church community that I grew up in. Anytime I would like allude to it or anything, mm-hmm. or if they found out I'd get messages. So it was very like, I kind of felt like bullied to in the closet online. So I was very open, like in my everyday life. And I had had relationships and things like that. And like posted photos of girls that I was dating, but never would say that they were my girlfriend and things like that. So mm-hmm. it was just oh, never yeah. fully out. But then it wasn't until pride of Toronto of like, yeah, 2018. 2019 so a couple years ago now but that was when I finally like posted a photo with my girlfriend and I was like this is my girlfriend there's a big pride flag behind us I was like I'm gay I haven't actually said it but I'm gay I know everyone knows but I'm gay Um, (laughs) and um, confirming yeah exactly and that was really nice to just like finally be able to do and just be so open and I think that too like really helped me just like reach that level of authenticity and then I think from there I was just like was able to just like climb in every regard of my life and it really helped me out so yeah yeah that's so liberating to yeah just like, I know and I can't it. believe because I'm 28 now and it was when I was 26 so I was wow. like wow that's crazy but wow. yeah and then from there I was like now that I've just said it and that's off my shoulders I was like now I am gonna talk about all of the things and like fight for all of the like the things in the LGBTQ plus community that I think are important and need to be talked about and all this yeah. stuff I think because I didn't talk about it for so long. Now I'm like overly talking about it. Like the dam is broken and I'm like, all right, here we go. (laughs) She's overflowing. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm like, let's talk queer. Yeah. So it's liberating to have conversations even like this. I like feel very grateful to be able to. Yeah. Yeah. I feel great. I mean, identify as straight and I feel so grateful every time we have one of these conversations with someone, I'm like, I'm just grateful to be here. I'm just grateful to be listening. Like, yeah, it's, it is, it's liberating no matter your sexuality. I feel to just like talk openly about how we love and why we love. Yeah. And we love the allies. So thank you. Yes. We, you're our, (laughs) what was it? We said queer savior, but we're like, you're not queer. So you're like the savior. (laughs) Right. I'm working on allyship. straight. (laughs) <laughs> the token <token's> straight. straight. <laughs> That's so me. <laughs> I'm listen. I am never going to say I'm like ally, ally. I'm always working towards being a better ally. But yeah. that's good. That's important. No, you I'm are. Trying. And I've noticed that like throughout the seven years, like we've lived together for seven years, and I was figuring out my sexuality throughout all of that. And even to think of like us when we moved in together in 2015 to mm. now, like who would have thought we'd be we'd be talking about gay things every week. Like, right. I know. I That's so nice so though. And it is important. And I think people do like 
consider themselves allies, but still do like the bare minimum. And yeah. then just think just because they're not against it, that they're an ally. But I think what we need is the straight people to be with us um, yeah. in the parade and going to the protests and doing all the things because that's just gonna, yeah, give more power in numbers. So I think it's so, so important. Yeah, yeah, yeah and like I agree. no separation anymore. Like let's exactly. just bring it together. Let's yeah. be fluid. Let's, yes, <laughs> agreed. Okay, so let's dive into religion a little bit because mm-hmm. you've mentioned it a bunch already, but I feel like we've had this question a lot. A lot of listeners have been like, hey, can you please talk about religion and queerness because I'm religious and I, and I know I'm queer and I don't really know what to do. Or I'm just really curious about the topic and I'd love to know like how the two kind of relate. And I feel like some people listening might not think that the two things can exist together. They might be on opposing sides, but what's your relationship with religion as a queer person? Just level. Yeah, it is, it is very interesting because I... I'm a Christian and that's what I was born into and that's what I was raised as. So I think that's what, what I'm most comfortable like identifying with. And I am also a lesbian. So um, typically you don't hear those two things together. And also I find that it's like, it's kind of, they're opposing each other. So it's always like Christians versus the gays. And then I just so happen to be both. So I do sometimes mm-hmm. feel in the middle of both of them. And when I'm having conversations with queer friends, I feel like I'm defending the church. And then when I'm talking to my church friends, I'm defending the queers. So I feel like I'm just like this middleman a lot of the time. And for me too, it's like such a learning process because I knew that I was gay, but I knew I still loved the Lord. And I was still as much of a Christian as I was before I figured out that I was gay. But then I also just knew how natural it felt to be gay. So then I just didn't think that there was like within myself, I was like, there's no way that there, this is wrong. There's no yeah. way that this is not like, this is a sin. Cause I've sinned and I know what that's like, and this is not that. And also the mm-hmm. fact that, and I always say this too, it's like, God is an all loving God. And what queer people want to do is have a loving relationship. That's all we're looking for. We want to add more love into the world and experience love just like any straight person. So there, I just don't see God as the type of character that would Um, be opposed to that and want to take that away from people when all we're trying to do is like add more positivity and love into the world. Agreed. I totally agree with you. Like where, where would that come off as like the gay people won't be accepted if it's like love is love seriously. Right. Like, yeah. Love who you want to love. Yeah, exactly. So then it's, I did have a lot of like shame around it, but then the more I looked into it and the more I've researched and I still am all the time, it's like, there, it just doesn't totally add up. And I think a huge thing in Christian communities is that they, each kind of denomination picks and chooses what their rules are, and then that's what they go by. Mm-hmm. So with the community and the type of Christianity that I grew up in, they say that you are born gay and they understand that, which is like, great. I'm glad that they at least acknowledge that, that it's not something that you just become, but they see it as a burden that God has put on you for you to fight against. So for myself, they believe that it's okay that I'm gay and I can even be an open lesbian, but the, if I were to act on it, that's the sin. So what I need to do is just spend my life by myself and not have a partner and that. So that's, that was why I was like pretty open about being gay, but I was never open about like being in a relationship because that's, that's the taboo part of it. Wow. Interesting. So it's like, yeah, you're gay, oh. but you're going to be alone because yeah. you need to not act on Totally. Which is so surprisingly, it's like so easy for people to say like to your face. And I'm like, Oh, that's so nice for you to then go home to your husband and kids and like live your life. And then you just want me to just sit here and like not be with anyone for my entire life. And they're like, yes, that's that's not experience love. Like, yeah. 
I had one too tell me they were like, because my dad passed away when I was nine. And they're like, the way that you had to then grow up without a father, and that's like a struggle that you had to go through, being gay is also a struggle too that you have to go through. It's just like, it's just what it is. And you just have to deal with it. And I was like, that's, that doesn't make sense at all. So yeah, that was always hard. Wow. I don't, I didn't realize... I knew that different denominations had different ways of dealing with queerness and talking about it, but I didn't realize that was a thing that existed that you would, because it does, I mean, it's so hard, right? It's hard to wrap my head around like how that makes sense because how can they be okay with being a lesbian, but not being a lesbian? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it's hard too, because it's just, it all goes back to like different Bible texts that talk about homosexuality, but then, and that goes back to like, different denominations choosing different things that they want to believe and don't believe. So it's like, if you look in the old Testament, it talks about how um, you can't like be with someone of the same sex or however it's worded. But then it also says things about like stone your children if they disobey or don't wear any two different materials on your body. And like, there's all these things. So it's like they pick and choose the one things, but then not the others. And then there's Christians like the denomination that I grew up in that doesn't believe in the Old Testament and doesn't go by that. And then they only focus on the New Testament, but it's kind of, there's similar things in that too. And yeah. So, and then there's the whole argument about how like the Bible was translated in 1946 and it never actually referred to homosexuals, but it referred to pedophiles at the time, but then it was just translated as homosexuals. So then people, the church just took that and ran with it when really that was just not the case at all. And it wasn't even until like the seventies that they split the terms between like homosexuals and um sex offenders or, or like pedophiles into two different things they were like always grouped together so it's just like such a huge yeah it's just like honestly a huge misunderstanding yeah i've heard a lot of people talking recently about religion and just spirituality as well in general and how it's all about interpretation it's just yeah. it all comes down to who it was interpreted by and how it was interpreted and then how that um kind of story continues over the yeah, years. Yeah, it's like that game of telephone, pretty much. Yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that it's really, it's hard in that way too, because yeah, it's it's like, I look at certain things and I think as I was growing up and I was getting out of the church, I was starting to question a lot of things because I never was forced to question it because I grew up in that community. But then I went to like a secular college. So I started to meet people not in my church for the first time because I went to a private school that was through the church and like all my friends were through the church. So I just never knew anyone outside of it. So then it wasn't until I got to college and people would ask me about my religion that I was like, oh yeah, why, why do I believe that? Or why is that that way? And then I started looking into it and then things weren't totally making sense and I didn't totally agree with things. Or if I would ask somebody a question they just say oh that's just the way that it is or you just have to believe with faith and it it just like Mm -hmm. didn't all add up and I would see a lot of Christian people too like not acting in a Christian way that was like according to God like treating people less than them because they weren't Christians and things like that where we're supposed to treat everyone equally so there's just like a lot of um yeah there's just like a lot of hypocrites within the church so then it, it just wasn't something that I wanted to continue to associate myself with because I just didn't agree with it Oh, wow. So how did you reconcile with all of that? Did you leave the church? Yeah. So the church that I grew up in, you have to um, become a member after a certain point. Well, you don't have to, but it's like you, you, there's a lot of pressure to become an official member. So once you're in a, a member, you're kind of like a lifer. So that all involves like going to night classes that you would do like through the church every week from like seventh grade to like the end of college or where, whenever you decided to like become a member. So then I was in those classes since I was in seventh grade 
um, finished like my first year of college. Then you do like a ceremony in front of the church where you like make a promise to the Lord in front of everyone to be a member of this church forever. So I did all of that because I was like, I thought that I was going to be. And then it was like mm -hmm. less than a year later, I was like, what did I do? Like, how, why did I do this? Oh. Because with that, you're like, there's just like a lot that comes with it. And then once, it, once you're a member, it's a lot harder to leave. So I kind of like, um, I kind of like found a little way out, like a little loophole into getting myself out. So I moved to Edmonton from Ontario and they gave me my paperwork to go to the church over there and to like hand it in to like become a member of that church because you can like transfer churches. Got so it. then I took my paperwork and then I just never handed it in. <laughs> so oh then- Oh my God. So I was they just question like, you about it? Because are they like keeping track to be like, well, did yeah, you transfer? So it was a little hard actually. It was like, I thought that I just like got away and no one noticed that I was like, but then somebody from my church in Ontario had called the church there and they're like, how's Shannon fitting in into the church? And they're like, oh, we don't know who that is. And then I had a couple of friends that went to that church. So they started asking them. And then I guess they like checked my Facebook and they're like, okay, she's working at this radio station. And like, she's over here. And they like asked some of my friends. So some of them were texting me being like, yeah, these like grown men are asking where you are. And I was like, oh shoot. And then um, eventually I think my mom caught wind of it and just like told them they're like, call off the dogs. Like she's not going to go. Yeah. She like kind of helped me out. And then they stopped searching for me. Yeah. Like asking. Um, yeah. yeah. But I still oh like, do get, I know it's like a little... You were like an outlaw. <laughs> you yeah. were an outlaw. They were yeah. looking for you. Yeah, totally. And it's, I've known that they like, they can show up at people's houses and like give them phone calls and stuff, but like, it's all part of them just like wanting you to still be a part of the church, which totally makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was difficult, but um, yeah, so I never got like kicked out or I never had to like officially leave. Um, but yeah, so now I'm just not in it anymore, but my whole family is like all still in it. Right. Yeah. And do you still identify as a religious person? Mm -hmm. yeah. I do. Like, I think I am not as much of like a practicing, like I don't go to church, um, but I'll like do a lot of like virtual church or like watch sermons or like, and just like read my Bible and do all of my own things. And I still identify myself as a Christian um, because I, that's just how I've always been. So it's like, yeah. I, that's what I feel most comfortable with. And I still have a great relationship with God. So yeah, that's like never changed. And that's always going to be a part of me. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also think the cool thing about the fact, like we were talking about how religion is, how it's interpreted. I think the cool thing about that is that you individually can interpret it however you want. And that's exactly what you did when you were kind of figuring out, yes, I am queer. Mm -hmm. What you were saying about how you were like, I know that God loves me. Right. And I, I know this feeling feels good. Like, I know that this is who I am. And so that can't be a bad thing. And that's how you were interpreting God. That's how you were interpreting spirituality. And I think that probably was a huge part of you being able to finally come out. Yeah, totally. And just like be myself too. And I yeah. think it's like, it's like the Christian community almost made it harder for me to be a Christian because of how much they were looking down on me for being gay and how much they were telling me that I'm not going to be going to heaven because I'm gay. So it's like, they're kind of what they were thinking that they were doing was really like the opposite of what they thought they were doing. Yeah. Like they think sense. you're, they're helping you and yeah, but really they're just like pushing me further away. So I felt like with myself, yeah. it was more of a struggle, not like a struggle of being gay and being a Christian, but it was like still wanting to be a Christian and being and finding where I fit in that world while still being a lesbian. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's very interesting, but that's what sucks about the Christian community. It's like, these people aren't acting like 
Christians are like, they're being judgmental and judging is a sin. And they also believe that every sin is equal. So if you're judging me for being gay, then you're just as much of a sinner as me being gay in your yeah, eyes. Right. Yeah. 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 Cause you're not treating someone right. Like you're, yeah. you're being hateful. Yeah. So it's just like, it's yeah, yeah. It's that's so much lot. pressure. I'm so sorry you had to go through that much pressure. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, it is. It's definitely hard and it still is hard. It's still something that I like deal with, um, with a lot of people that I know because it's like all the people that I grew up with, you know? So it's like everyone I knew till I was 18 is from this community that's still very homophobic. And there's people that I've known growing up that have committed suicide because they were in this community and they, um, yeah, they just like couldn't handle it. So it's like, it sucks that there was no representation in that. And I get messages now from people who are like, in the private school that I went to or another one that's in another province that's from the same community. And they just say like, thank you so much for being open about it because I don't know anyone else that is. And I didn't know anyone else from the community. So I like, I'm glad to be that person for anybody else. Cause there's like thousands of people from this community across Canada. Oh, for sure. I was going to say, maybe you're like the first outlaw. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's only, a, there's a few, like I have heard of others um and more and more are coming out which is so great um but yeah it's definitely like when i was in high school there was like no one was out or anything like that but then since then we've all kind of found each other we're like the gays yeah (laughs) that's amazing yeah because then like you could choose to just be closeted and know there's this part of you that's there and you just shut it out but i don't know having people come out and own it and be like totally and even for I'm sure there's so many older people too, who are like married and have kids that are in the closet because there's no way that out of all these people that I grew up with, like every single one of them straight, like there's no way. So it's, I think I kind of want to be that person too for them because I'm like, I'm sure there's people who see me and are like, oh, that's like, okay, they're living their truth. Yeah, that's so dope. And like one of the questions we wanted to ask you was how religion has enhanced your experience as a queer person. And do you feel like maybe that's one of the ways like you're able to kind of be yeah, I think it's maybe you want to be more outspoken about it because yeah. um, because of the like backlash that I'll get for it. And it makes me like want to share that thing on my Instagram story because I like know that it's going to like irk people a little bit. So before when I wanted to be such a people pleaser, I would be a little more scared of it. But now I'm like, oh, I hope I piss a few people off with this because I love that it like needs Badass. to be said. And it's like 2021. Come on. Like, how can you still be against that in a world that's like it's legalized and everyone is on board with it. And there's like still, it's like surprising when people find out that there's still people out there that are homophobic and against it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's surprising now. I feel like a lot of older generations are looking at the younger generations thinking like, why are all the kids so gay? Like why are all them so gay? But the reality is that we've always been gay. We've all always been fluid and we've always been on a spectrum, but have the tools to be able to express that and to talk about it and to just make it. So I feel like, I always think about that too when I think about like communities like the religious community and I'm like I know there's a lot of y'all that yeah totally and I actually had a person not long ago reach out to me and they were like oh, I get that you're gay but why do you have to like show it all the time like why do you what have to what is that yeah. yeah but then I'm saying to them I my response was like if you see two people from the church like get engaged and post about it on their Instagram or you see them kissy in a photo or they're cuddling or whatever, you're just gonna swipe on and you're gonna like it and whatever. But if you see me doing that with my girlfriend, it like stands out so much more to you because you're not as comfortable with it and you're not as familiar with it. So to you, it's sticking out, but really all I'm trying to do is just be like everyone else. I'm not doing it to make a stand. I'm just doing it to to gain that equality that we're fighting for. So it's not that I'm 
being gay and showing off that I'm gay. I'm just like living my life and you just so happen to pay more attention to it. This is, yeah, it's your life. This is your girlfriend. No one would ever question a hetero couple, like showing Never. a photo of them like kissing or being like, yeah, I'm engaged Yeah, and be like, now. oh, why do you have to show off the fact that you're <sighs> like, like nobody's asking them that, you know? <sighs> that argument, it's so frustrating. That argument makes me, like makes my blood boil when people yeah. say that. And then like, it's it. because of people like you too. It's like, yes. you are the one that's against it. So I'm, like there's reasons that we had to have riots. There's reasons that we have to be outspoken about it. It's so that change yeah. will happen because there still is a long ways to go. Like we've come so far, but be, like having this conversation means that there's still like needs to have conversations about it, which means we have to talk about it more. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's the, it's the homophobes fault that we're like so outspoken. Oh, for yeah. sure. And I think that's something that happens to queer people and minorities and anyone in like a marginalized group is that they all of a sudden have to be an activist. Like right. you you posting a picture with your girlfriend, that's activism. It is it is a form of activism too. Right. Though. Yeah. Which it sucks. Is. I don't want it to be, but it exactly. Has to be. Yeah, I know. That's, that's it's a so good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm like, can I just post a picture with my cute girlfriend? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but also I want to stand up for my rights. It's like yeah. a little bit of both. I, I would And imagine. I feel like marginalized could people think that too and like different races too who feel like they all of a sudden have to be this person like I heard Simone Biles say recently she was like I don't want to be like the black activist I don't Mm want to be that person and Lizzo said that too she's like I don't want to be like the fat icon that people go to I just want to be myself and be in this position and not be like labeled as this thing right exactly society loves labels though loves yeah and loves to be like oh you're doing you're dancing in a bikini and you're not a size two like oh so brave like you know it's silly actually that's a question i had when you were just coming to terms with your sexuality and the the christianity part and just Mm -hmm. grappling with it all was there a time where you were like oh my god i don't know what my label i don't know what my label is like were you grappling with labels at all yeah i identified at first as bisexual for like a few months and then i was like no i don't think (laughs) that i am Good for you. Good for you. Only a yeah. few months. But it was hard too because it's like even when I was younger, I was just like very like I was saying, I was really confused about it. So I was like, I was kinda of, I was a year younger than my two best friends, and then they started to have crush crushes on boys. And then I didn't. And I remember thinking like, oh, it's probably because I'm like a year younger. So like give it a year and I'll be yeah. like so into that too. And then I got my first boyfriend and we'd all go on dates and we like do all these things. And then I would like kiss the boyfriend and like hold hands and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, so like, this is what they're talking about. Like, this is the crush that I'm supposed to have. And like all this stuff, these are the feelings that you have when you have a boyfriend. And then it wasn't until I like flirted with a girl and went on a date with a girl and like kissed a girl. I was like, oh, like that's what they're talking about. Like that feeling and those butterflies and that like excitement when you get a text and things like that. It's like, like I was aha like, that's, moment. yeah, totally such an aha moment. Um, so then that was kind of, um, yeah, a big thing for me. And then because it felt so natural, I think that really helped me come to terms with it so quickly because I was like, it just felt so right. So I was like, I don't feel, I felt a lot of shame in the way that I was perceived by others, but when it was myself, I felt the most comfortable. So it, it was like very easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's in you and you, you know, like that's a part of you. And I, think yeah, I was like, it just made it, everything made sense. So it was good. Well, I think something that fascinates me about queerness as someone who identifies as straight is the ability to know yourself. Yeah. And that's something that I really struggle with as a straight white cis girl, I really struggle with knowing myself and understanding myself. And so hearing you talk about like, yeah, it was a huge struggle, but you just knew innately, like you had this, 
you had this feeling it was right. You had this, you knew. Mm -hmm. And that's like kind of a foreign concept to me. And I don't know, this may be a complex question for both of you, but like, do you have any words of wisdom in terms of like knowing yourself and listening to yourself? Yeah, purses, you go first. I think that's, yeah, I, cause I struggled with that for sure. Like I came out as bi, but I think I was confused for sure with what my feelings towards men even meant. Mm -hmm. Cause I never, I always knew deep down, like I never felt that like attraction, like physical attraction for sure. But I would have some emotions, but I think I was like, I think I just really love you. And I, I want you to be like my best friend, mm -hmm. but I don't want to go, um, any further. But I, I mean, Shannon, I'd love that you were like, I kind of knew after a few months, but I identified as bi, I think up until 2020, like right. last year. And then I was well, like, was, no, the was there a moment where you were like, Oh, I just, I am, or was it gradual? I had a, a, a moment for sure. There was, um, a girl from my work who I was like very, very into like super, super infatuated with. And during that time, um, I think actually, Sarah, you might even remember this. Like things weren't really working out with her. It was just like a complicated situation and I was trying to go on dates. But anytime I had my hinge set to guys and girls, anytime a guy was like, you know, wanting to go on a date, I was like, no, I would just never feel excited about it ever. Yeah. And I think I just had a moment where I'm like, I had that year of just being so into this girl. And I think it was just a learning lesson for me too, to be like, I think you're just gay and right. accept it and own it. And I, cause I was dealing with some internalized homophobia too, just when I think even not seeing as much representation at that time, also mm. hearing from people. Cause I would hear all the time, Oh, you don't look like you're gay or, right. Oh, you seem like someone who would be into men for sure. And I would actually mm. like really listen to that. But mm. I think it's something as simple as just listening to your gut and knowing those feelings. Cause I would question it so much and after like living with Sarah too, like you would even see the differences. Like I would have, like my thoughts and feelings were always about girls. Like I don't even mm. think I would talk about a guy like at all, even if I was dating someone super casually, it's almost like I just didn't care. Right. And even my cousin had pointed out, he's like, oh my God, like you just, you're like kind of badass when I, you just don't care about these guys. And he didn't know I was like mm. really, really into women at the time. And it's because I was like, I just don't, I don't have any like feelings or attachments. So I don't know. I think you just really have to trust your gut. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. And own it and have that confidence. And a girl from my high school, when I first like said, I think I could be into women. Um, she was like, oh, well, you kind of seem like a dick kind of girl. <sighs> Which is, I was like, Rude. what is that? What does that even mean? Yeah. Like a douchey lesbian, like a bro. I, she's just like, you just seem like you would like, dick and I literally and I was like what yeah that's so like weird. You'd, you'd be like into dick like and I yeah. was like I was 18 and I was like I don't even know what that means but I would listen to that and be like oh so if you think I'd be into guys like maybe right. I should or I don't know yeah. I just, my world it is, is so weird small. how other people's perception of you can like change how you think of yourself right mm -hmm. right yeah which is and I heard somebody say recently that it's like we all so many decisions that we make throughout the day are because of how we think other people will perceive us instead of like how we want to be, how we perceive ourselves. It's always about how others perceive us, which I like totally hit me. And that was like an aha moment too. I was like, oh yeah, I like wear this outfit because I think it looks cool in a photo on Instagram and we'll get likes, but not just because I like, like the outfit, you know? So that, I think okay. that is a huge part of 
why it's harder for us to know ourselves too, because we're constantly like putting ourselves out there for other people. Um, so that can be really hard, but I think I am, I'm very confident in my sexuality. I think because I've had so many conversations about it and it's been like a, such a huge part of me, but I think in so many other aspects of my life, I like still have no idea who I am. Like I'm still mm -hmm. definitely figuring that out. So it's, it's hard too, where it's like you, yeah, you don't totally know all the time. And I don't even yeah. spend a lot of time with myself too. I'm like, just, I'm one of those people that like totally keep myself busy. Yeah. So then when I do finally have a weekend where I'm by myself, I'm like, Oh, what do I want to do? Or like, who am I? And all of these things. Yeah. Right. So it's hard. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, really resonate with that. But it's nice to have that, even if it's just like one thing in your life that you're like, I trust myself in this. Like, yeah. I, I, it know does give this. you confidence. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I can see the confidence in both of you, especially now, Persis, now that you're talking about queerness so much more openly. Mm, yeah. Like, I can see it in both of you, just the way you speak about it. It's just like confident, inspiring. It really is. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. No, it feels good to not question it anymore. Now I'm just, yeah, so I'm happy. sure. I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'm gay. And even like just being around my family, like they really had no like exposure to a lot of gay people either. But now it just feels so nice to just own it and be like, I mean, it did take a while for my mom for sure. Mm -hmm. um, a little bit to kind of like really wrap her head around um, me being, I say gay, but I can also say like a lesbian for right. sure. Like I, I just, I dabble with that, but I don't really care. I just know I like girls, but for a while, she was always like, well, what does like a lesbian look like, you know? And then we'd have a full conversation. To be like, <laughs> that's so not a question. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> you were like, that's so not, it has nothing to do with what you look like, but she just would go off from what she'd see in the media. And then now she's just so, I'm so impressed with her with how she's opened her eyes to being like learning about non-binary people. And that's, I don't nice. know. It's, yeah. it's amazing. So I think we're all just evolving and yeah, totally. Got to be happy. Yeah. But to go back to what you were saying about like internalized homophobia, I think that's still yeah. such a thing too. And there's like times where I don't even, I think that I totally have it out of me and there's no way that I could even have a sense of that. But because I grew up around so much homophobia, I think it's like just still so much a part of me. And then I'm like, oh, I'm so, that's like such an internalized homophobic thought to have or just like not wanting to look too gay or things like that, you know? Yeah. Like, I, like yeah. what's, I wanted to, cause I feel like some people listening might first of all, be like internalized homophobia. Do I have that? And right. second of all, like, what might that look like? Like, what's an example for both of you guys as queer people, like a, a moment where you're like, oh shit, that's internalized homophobia. I think just like maybe like a certain outfit that I'll wear or something. And I'll be like, oh, that like that look, I look too gay. Like I have to like femme up right. a little bit where it's like, oh, I'm like, oh. I'm like wearing a backwards cap and like baggy pants. Like I can't do both, <laughs> but it's like, why can't I, you know? Like, yeah. why? Yeah. And oh, I think too, it's yeah. like even like I like it when people because my girlfriend is quite feminine so I'm like oh I like when people don't assume that we're totally gay right away but then mm -hmm. I'm like wait but why do I like that people don't assume that like why do I want to be perceived as straight but like is it because it's easier in society and then I won't get judged harshly publicly for it or just like things like that where it's just like what yeah you just kind of have to think twice about certain things because you and question why you think certain ways but it's just because of like how I grew up, but also just how society is too. Like mm -hmm. it's still so homophobic. And we see that with like misogyny and things like that too. Mm -hmm. It's like, you don't want to be perceived as too feminine or weak or whatever, but it's, yeah, it's yeah. just, it's so rooted in our history. Yeah, yeah. It's about having like the awareness to even ask yourself those questions in the first place. Like, oh wait, yeah. why am I thinking that? Totally. Or just like, I think too, we learned a lot even last summer with like 
um, how big like BLM got too. Mm -hmm. It's like, there were so many things where conversations or things that were pointed out where I was like, wow, I'm like, that's something that I do. And that's probably, that's pretty racist. And I didn't even realize until those more conversations were had where I was like, oh, I have to really check myself because there's things that I say and things that I do and ways that I react to things where I'm like, oh, that's not okay. And that has to change. So I'm just glad more conversations are happening. Yeah. It's out yeah. in the open and we just learn because we're not perfect. Like there's so no. many things. <laughs> like, I Yeah. We're all still learning constantly. Right. And we still continue to. So yeah. yeah. Mm. All the time all the time right now learning so much <laughs> <laughs> okay we appreciate you so much thank you so much for chatting with us yeah Before... thank you for letting me just like ramble oh, oh my god we love it oh also i have a tattoo that says ramble no so way every, every time someone says that word i just get like all psyched up nice. um, wait why did you get a tattoo that says ramble i just really liked that word like honestly there was no reason i just really liked it and then i was looking it up and the word has like multiple meanings, but one of the ways you can interpret it is like just walking without a um, purpose, like yeah, like without a purpose or a destination in mind. Nice. And I was like, and I I have quite a few tattoos, and like none of them really have a meaning, but sometimes mm. I'll make one up to kind of like right. feel a connection to it. Right. And this one, I'm just like, you know what? I need to have more of that in my life. Just like walking without a destination, just like walking. Yeah, you know what I mean. It is a good or, word yeah. too. You're right. Ramble. And the way you got oh. it, like, that was the perfect way to do it, too. All the letters are, like, scattered. Oh, Oh, it nice. was so cute. cute. My, my uh, four-year-old nephew, he's just learning to read. And, well, I guess he, like, knows a little bit. And he came over to me the other day, and he was pointing at my arm. He's like, what does that say? And I, like, forgot I had the tattoo. And I was like, what? And I was, like, looking around for, like, words. And he was like, no, <laughs> that. And I was like, oh. So I was, like, teaching him the word on my arm. Uh-huh. Like, oh. Cute. So like, now he's going to learn the word ramble from your tattoo which is great that's right i know yeah I'm just inspiring a generation you know what i mean yeah you're educating the youth yeah, yeah. yeah. an ally a savior <laughs> an educator, an educator. Yeah, that's me. yeah this whole podcast was about that so thank you so much everyone <laughs> i'm just gonna cut out everything except for the end cut out shannon like i don't want to hear anything shannon said <laughs> just the parts where i was a good ally okay okay yeah short podcast this week it'll <laughs> be two minutes <laughs> honestly this was such a good combo like I really appreciate per, me personally I really appreciate you like opening up about all this and being so transparent it, it's really like I think this is going to be something that people are going to gain a lot from listening to this combo yeah and thank you guys for having this podcast I think it's creating such a great platform to have these conversations so that's it's so great that you guys are doing this and yeah thank you yeah and also like same to you i find i do want to shout out that shannon has like five over 500k followers on tiktok yeah and you know I, what i always say my own pandemic hobby i didn't know that yeah and she got 500k followers and paris hilton follows girl her. girl yeah what are you talking about yeah my girl my friend paris every time she posts a video and then if you're like a mutual with someone on on tiktok it'll say your friend and i go yeah my friend paris they are, you are yeah, friends i only ever refer to her as her first name now because you know we're friends so. we're already on that friends. level yeah. yeah holy shit that's crazy good for you yeah thank you yeah it's a lot of fun you should yeah, go on well, cooking with paris i know yeah. i'm sad i didn't get my invite weird i was like kim and demi got it but my inbox is still empty looking I for mean, um that mail yeah invitation in the mail <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> well do you want to drop your handle so everyone can follow you yeah so my social is just like it's shannon burns so like its shannon burns and that's my instagram twitter tiktok all the things you can find me on there and then yeah my podcast is screen queens so yeah 
Nice. I love when it's the same handle across all the platforms. I know. It's important. Yeah. Got to make it, got to make it easy. It's good branding. Well Mm -hmm. done. Thank you, Shannon. So much. Thank you guys. Shannon, thank you so much for coming on. Seriously. Yeah. Thank you so much. And congrats on the new daytime show. We'll be tuning Ooh. in. Yeah. I can I literally will. I never used to listen to the radio, but now I have a car. So I've listened oh. to Virgin. I listen to Virgin all the time while I'm in there. So I'm oh, going nice. to go from 10 to 2 for a drive every day. Pop it on. Thanks. I know. I get excited when I hear you because like I, if I'm driving in Whippy 2, I'll turn on the radio and I'm like, oh, look who it is. There she is. There she is. Yeah. Cool. Well, love it. If you, if you ever run out of guests to interview, I'm available. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Bring you on right after Sam Smith, and then be like, "I have an upcoming artist." Person, she doesn't sing, but wait, do you sing? Oh, she sings. She sings. I sing. Okay, yeah. yeah. We'll bring you on. Sing us a little something first. Come on. Do you want me to? I'll just drop my um mixtape. Perfect. After this episode, I'll send you my um my songs. Yeah, perfect. My EP. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Cool. Can't wait. Love it. Love it. Stay tuned. Okay, in case you missed it. In case you missed it. In case you missed it, Persis, what happened? What happened and what did they miss? What did they miss in queer news today? Queer news is happening every single day. Uh, So many things to keep up with. Mm, Wi-Fi is kind of cutting out, but we're back here, back here, still having a good time, yeah. Chilling with no makeup on, that's when you're the prettiest. I hope that you don't take that wrong. Do you remember when, like, every girl had that in their uh, Facebook status? (laughs) Oh, I definitely had that as my status. You know what? A lot of guys in my school had that as their status, too, to kind of be like, oh, I'm, like, I'm that guy who's going to be, like, you know, I knew you're the prettiest. Oh, 100%. And then all the girls were like, I know. I'm not going to wear any makeup around him. I think I would go back and forth from, can we pretend that airplanes in the night sky are like shooting stars? I could really use a wish right now, wish right now, wish right now. And then at one point I made my status six foot, seven foot, eight foot bunch. What's that from? (laughs) It's that Lil Wayne song. I don't think I know that song. Six foot, seven foot, eight foot punch. Six foot, seven foot, eight foot punch. Bum, ba, da, 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 da. I'll send it to you later. What's it called? Bunch? It's called Six Foot, I think. I loved Lil Wayne growing up. How did I not know this song? Six Foot. Ahem, excuse my charisma. Fucker with the spritz. So I get down pat. Call my shit Patricia. Young money militia. And I am the commissioner. Wow, I didn't realize you were um, a producer. I'm not a producer. I'm a rap writer. I'm like a ghost writer for these guys. And you're like, really you know, humble. the one that's like palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy, there's vodka. vodka. <laughs> yeah, my original lyric was vodka mm. on a sweater already because I'm like, oh, is that like a club? Like, this vodka like got spilled on a sweater. But then M, my friend who ended up recording it, was like, I feel like it's it's better if like the protagonist like throws up on their sweater, so he changes it to vomit. And I was like, it's actually pretty pretty smart. So it was like a collaboration, you know, like one of those like cool collaboration stories that you hear like behind the scenes. Wow, how come no one's ever spoken about that until now? No, they have. What do you mean? Where it's like out there? Where are the sources? 
It's out there, like, on the internet. You have to look it up. Look just search, it. like, just search vodka on his sweater already, and you'll see it'll come up. But not, like, me or my face, because I'm a ghostwriter. I'm, like, a ghost. I don't exist. So M doesn't call you out at all? No, 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 no. No, because, like, I have a secret identity. Got it, got it. That I'm exposing right now on, on this podcast. But Wow. Um, Are you okay to do that? Do you want me to edit anything out? No, honestly, like, I think it's time for the people to know. It was a great song, Sarah. Yeah. What was your ghostwriter name? Did you have one? M-Easy. M-Easy. Mine was Anita Dick. Like, oh, because you're a dick kind of girl. Okay. I don't know how you're going to transition this, but Prissy Buns. Today, on In Case You Missed It, we're going to be chatting about something super exciting that actually happened a while ago now. Um, I think it was announced July 22nd. So it's Mm -hmm. been like, it's been like over a month, but something that we've been really wanting to chat about. So Tommy Dorfman, who is an actress that you all might know from 13 Reasons Why is probably the biggest thing that, that she was in. When she was on that show, she appeared to the world as a man assigned male at birth um but anyway the great news is that she just announced that she is a trans woman yes so excited for tommy and tommy actually talked about this in a time magazine interview um tommy says coming out is always viewed as this grand reveal but i was never not out today is about clarity i'm a trans woman my pronouns are she her my name is tommy yeah and when um tommy did this interview with time um one thing that she mentions right off the top is that for a year now already um she had been privately identifying and living as a woman so it it was something that was already like becoming a part of her life and this was her first time coming out publicly and it comes with may i say an incredible photo shoot i feel like time is so good at that like time will do this like awesome article and then the photos just like amp it up 10 notches because tommy looks just i have no stunning. words i have no stunning words. no like, words look at these dresses and the one that gets me is if you scroll down the one we're looking at the article now in case you guys want to um look it up the time article is called tommy dorfman would like to clarify and there's this one photo where she is wearing this like skin tight dress that has like the slit like it's like an a-frame dress that has the slit in the leg and this awesome um what's this called uh the neckline it has this like beautiful neckline and she do you know what i'm talking about purse and she's standing there with her with her legs crossed hold on i'm scrolling through the oh legs crossed oh yes 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 i'm seeing that right now it's gorgeous she looks like I just feel like these pictures show her as both powerful and also like vulnerable, which is mm-hmm. I think probably exactly what they were going for. But despite what she looks like, which is amazing, we're also you, just we love we love a trans story. And you can get a little sneak peek of her triangle tattoo. Oh, where? She has a lot of tats actually. Now that I'm looking yeah, at her arms, um, does. in that photo you can see. Uh, if you if you look up to the like underneath her uh, oh, left cool. collarbone oh my god cool yeah there's this one photo where she's like she has like her arms spread out to her sides and you can see her tattoos really well and they're really cool i yeah. love the one on her like um there's one on her like upper um like her bicep kind of mm. and it has three lines but i think 
three lines and the bottom one is filled in. So cool. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, if you guys hadn't heard about this yet, it's super exciting. And I would highly recommend following Tommy on Instagram. It's Tommy.Dorfman. She, I think she's like with this like coming out to the world saga in her life. She's also becoming like a fashion icon because just you'll see when you go to her Instagram. It's it's pretty iconic immediately. Actually, and um, the interviewer asked Tommy, I'm just look, looking through the article. I didn't know this. Um, so because uh, the interviewer was like, what's next for you in work and life? And Tommy goes, I'm thinking about how I can infuse my trans body into film and television. Lena Dunham gave me my first role as a girl last year. It was so exciting and validating. And personally, it's wild to be 29 and going through puberty again. Sometimes I feel like I'm 14. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that shift, the types of romantic partnerships I seek out are different. I was in a nine-year relationship in which I was thought of as more of a male-bodied person with a gay man. I love him so much, but we've been learning that as a trans woman, what I'm interested in is not necessarily reflected in a gay man. So we've had incredible conversations to redefine our relationship as friends. Transitioning has been liberating and clarifying. Wow. 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 That's huge. Yeah. I, that's, that's really interesting. And I wonder what this role was that Lena Dunham gave Tommy. Yeah, let's look it up. I also think it's cool to dive into the ways that I feel like when we talk about a trans person's transition, we think so often about their body and their clothes and their hair and all the like external facing things. But there are so many parts of that transition um, that are happening in their personal relationships, maybe even in their career, um, like it, it's every facet of their life is transitioning into something new. And I like that she is touching on like, it was a, basically a huge shift in my nine year relationship into realizing what I, as a trans woman wanted. Nine years too, right? Like that's not, that's not quick. Mm-mm. That nine is years. not quick. So from 19 to 29, they were together. Holy. Wow. And like, that's the thing, right? We're constantly changing and evolving. And I find, you know, people come to that realization where they're like, I'm 29 and I'm realizing this about myself now, but that's okay. Like you can be 29 and realize you're a whole different person and you're, that's valid. You're not going to be the same person you were when you were 19. You won't be the same person when you were 28. Yeah. And something the interviewer says actually is like, is there also some grief and loss in that? in that experience for, for anyone, but especially the trans experience. Um, everyone has to say that transition is amazing, but I personally feel that loss is also a part of it. That's what the interviewer said. And then Dorfman said, yes, there's a way in which, in, there's a way in which in order to justify transition, you have to say everything was terrible before. And the sad part is you don't get to acknowledge some of what you're leaving. One doesn't have to medically transition to be trans, but for me, it was an act of choice. I'm aligning my body with my soul. Yet as a result of that, I am losing some things. I have to reckon with the fact that I brought along a lot of people and things who might not end up being there for this part of my journey. All I can do now, all I can do now is look to a future where I am hopefully just radically honest. That's the person I'm becoming. I love that. That's cool. It's cool to it's cool to acknowledge that like I think a lot of times with trans stories we're like 
yeah, everything before this was terrible and everything after this is amazing. And of course, that's not the truth. Of course, there's good and bad in, in both the before and the after. Yeah, yeah. I never really thought of it that way. But like, I don't know. You know what I've been meaning to actually watch on Netflix is um, Caitlyn Jenner's story. Oh, that's on Netflix? It is. Um, is it new? It's new. It just came out. Oh, um, I'm going to watch that tonight. I might watch it tonight too because uh, documentary Netflix. Sorry. It's called Untold. Caitlyn Jenner's unlikely path to Olympic glory was inspirational, but her more challenging road to embracing her true self proved even more meaningful. Sorry, that just started playing. But yeah, what I find interesting is that I'm sure even someone like Caitlyn would look back on her life and think of when I was Bruce Jenner, when I was the top Olympian gold medalist in this moment of my life, had a family, like wives. I don't know. Like you look back on that and you think that was a whole part of your life that you can't look back at and be like, that was terrible, you know? Yeah. But because Caitlin would have only come out as trans in her late 60s. Was that what it was? Whoa, I thought that she was younger. Oh my God. No. Um, Caitlyn Jenner is now, she's 71. Oh, wow. Wow, 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 wow. April 2015 is when Caitlyn Jenner came out as trans. Yeah, and you can't, you can't ignore that whole life you had. And I'm sure that there were parts that were amazing and there were parts that really were really hard, especially because she felt like she wasn't being herself. I don't know. It's just, it's just interesting when people, someone to come out so late, like in life and that's okay. Like now she's who she is, but wow. Like imagine just being like, I'm in my sixties. That's why it's cool. Like maybe nowadays with Tommy being like, I'm 29. Yeah. Which people might even view as like, late in life which to me I don't see that as late in life at all no definitely not that's in two years for me (laughs) Jesus but it's only gonna get better but I find Sarah even for you you can think we're we're both still so young but don't you find that imagine you just you knew this whole life like prior and then all of a sudden it was like okay this is me this is who I am it's a loss. It's a rebirth. It's like, I think it's such a beautiful, I think it's so beautiful. I think hearing about a trans person's full transition, and I'm not talking about like from the start of when they start taking hormones. I'm talking about like when they're a child and they start maybe, yeah, wearing different clothes, like literally the beginning of this feeling, like there's something else they want all the way to where they are now experiencing post-transition. Like, I think it's like, I think that I'm so grateful that the world gets to experience those stories now more openly and they're not like hidden stories passed down. They're like celebrated. Mm -hmm. I just think it's so, I just think it's so beautiful. Like it's so, it's so beautiful. It's so celebrated. Feeling very emotional. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think now that I'm really thinking about it, it's celebrated because think about even, so we have Tommy Dorfman coming out as a trans woman on Times. We had Elliot Page coming out as a trans man on Time Magazine. I just think that 
it's only going to get better from here because I think people have that representation now to see Elliot did it. Look at Tommy. Laverne Cox. Yep. And Caitlin. Yeah, and Caitlin. And Caitlin, for sure. Um, Especially for Caitlin to being like in the public eye and the way she was, I think was this whole fam, like family, like <laughs> it's just, it's a lot. Right. But I think at the end of the day, you just gotta, you have to be you. We all know that. And as long as you're happy and you're, you're your most authentic self, even going back to the convo with Shannon as a gay person yeah, being like, I need to live authentically because I trust myself. It's like the same with mm. people like Caitlin, people like Tommy, people like Elliot, people like Laverne Cox. I could name so many people mm-hmm. to be like, I trust myself enough to know who I am. I know me. And that's all that matters. Yeah. And that's powerful. That's the kind of thing that is something I look up to. Like that, that is who I look up to is someone who is able to be confident in themselves and show it like you, like Shannon, like Tommy, like these are the people that I look up to. I'm like, I, I don't care about power. I don't care about money. I don't, you know what I mean? Like that is what is going to inspire the world to, to be, to change. Okay, Sarah. Love you. Love you too. What should we end the song with? I mean, the episode oh. with. Oh, not the, uh, at the theme song? Mm-mm. Lately, I've been putting in songs. To That's fun. What if we did, like, what if we did, um, what's, like, a religious song? Like, uh, not not religious, but, like, a pop song that speaks to religion, like. I say a, a little woman. prayer for you. Oh, that's fun. Or like God is a woman. I think say a little prayer is more fun. Yeah. The moment I wait.